I V M. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. I am Monish, and as always, I'm joined by Nishant. What's up? We had a very exciting weekend in the NBA, didn't we? We had such close games. I mean, uh, I saw the stat and I was completely mind blown. There are only there are only nine instances where a team uh, trailed by five plus points in the last 25 seasons in the last 10 seconds of a game, and they came back and won it. Yeah. Two of those games, out of those nine, happened over the weekend. <laughs> Incredible scenes. Dame Lillard hitting that great winner. Uh, Russell Westbrook hitting that great winner yeah. to uh, two players whom we know we who have quite a bit of beef with each other. So both of them uh, coming out and hitting those game winners. We've seen Dame Lillard do this a couple of times. Russell Westbrook doing it was quite a bit of surprise and against the Nets that too. So that gave it a nice uh, ring to it as well. Yeah, nice uh, drama the there. Exactly, exactly. The Lakers played a pretty close game as well. That was a comedy of errors, wasn't it? LeBron James with the turnover, then AD with the turnover. And then Kemba Walker with a step back, which he almost always trains it. Yeah. But then somehow it didn't go in, and then they didn't really win there. The Boston Celtics marginally missing out on that right. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fun game, wasn't it? Uh, two-digit game. I mean, uh, very very rare these days. Uh, both the teams not reaching hundred. Uh, do you watch the game? I mean, what was, yeah. it was a fun fun game. Uh, yeah. The Lakers though are having quite a bit of a. Uh, kind of a dip in form, wouldn't you call it? They lost yeah. uh, two games consecutively. They lost to the 76ers, a close game. Mm-hmm. Then they had that fourth quarter. I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter against the Detroit Pistons. It just blew out. And then this game against the Celtics where they should have won. Uh, they were trailing. They came back. They, but then they kind of let it go to the last, last shot. The yeah. Lakers having a bit of dip in form, do you think? Uh, something worrying? Ah. <clears throat> uh. No, uh, if if this runs into multiple games and defeats, it'll be worrying. I, I think a few things are happening with the Lakers, right? One, I think everyone's expectations have kind of been reset after the championship. And and yeah. this happens every time you're the defending champs, right? You People suddenly seem to expect flawless performances. If you've been with the Lakers last season, they had plenty of stretches like this where, um, where the form kind of looked troublesome or the rotations weren't quite working. Uh, players were coming in and out of form. So I, I don't think it's it's that bad. I think one of the things that we praised Frank Vogel for a lot last season, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. apart from def- defensive discipline and all the things that we knew he was good at, was uh, the sheer fearlessness with which he made adjustments. And we spoke about this throughout the playoffs, right? The number of um, adjustments that he makes on the fly uh, to adapt to new situations. Like in Portland, it went one way because Portland had a lot of bigs and there was no kitchen, and there was white side and all of that. And then I guess the Houston Rockets, who uh, very famously now or infamously played a lot of small ball. And so the Lakers went small. And and Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee sat out pretty much all of the season. Markeith Morris came in, got a whole lot more minutes. AD was the five and boom, uh, series win. And they flipped that again against the Nuggets because there was Jokic and there was Plumlee and all those guys. So uh, Vogel's been great at making adjustments, uh, always um, quick to adapt. I think what we saw this season, and we kind of touched upon this at the start of the season, was the Lakers have so much depth now mm-hmm. that it's going to take a while for them to find out the the ideal rotations, who their who their best options are as starting five and uh, the primary off the bench role players, and then who are their backups and and how do you space the minutes between them and how do you how do you ensure that uh, you have at least two, if not more set mm-hmm. fives. So you have your primary five and then you have your rotation five. Like the Lakers went with the rotation five of uh, 
ஒரு and so you saw 11 12 players even sometimes get a look in almost to the point where it felt compulsive with the lakers mm-hmm. and what happens when when it's almost compulsive substitutions are you lose momentum earlier earlier in the season we discussed do you remember the phoenix suns episode that we did where we were talking about uh, or or even rondo in atlanta like how do you space these guys minutes while still giving them at least a a 4 to 8 minute stretch a 6 to 8 minute stretch each time they come out Um, mm-hmm. the only way you'll do that is off the bench or or do you start them etc i think that's the challenge when you rotate so many people in one lineup you can because the lakers have incredible depth but it takes away from momentum no one guy or a bunch of guys at least don't get a consistent run on that court before they either subbed out or they subbed in again and and that kind of affects the the team balance especially when lebron's lebron we know that but when lebron's not there and somebody else is handling the ball they're not as elite playmakers mm-hmm. when the the four around them keep changing the styles keep changing and the plays that you are required to run keep changing maybe you don't have a slasher anymore maybe you don't have enough shooters and you're largely going to dink it into the paint and and make cuts and and uh, run pick and rolls and stuff like that so so i think largely the lakers had a problem of just too many options being spoiled for choice and uh, once once vogel made that adjustment and he kind of pulled it back uh they had their their best five and then their second best five and that's that's pretty much all they did they they ran the game with 9 9 or 10 9 players i think it was yeah there's a popular quote in in one of the sports uh, things right uh, mm-hmm. where someone said it what is tougher than winning a championship it is to repeat that yeah yeah do you think there's a sense of complacency in the lakers because in the last few games they've been they've kind of switched off they've had this amazing away run on the road they've been undefeated and then they lost to in row and then came close a third time so i think there's a sense of complacency that you won it and then you think you're the favorites and then you don't put in as much effort uh or is there a weak link in this team even because there have been rumors about mark gosol not being the guy that they expected him to be do you right. think there's a weak link in the squad Yeah, Mark Gasol definitely doesn't look like the guy he was, and and I think the Lakers knew, and I think most of us knew that this isn't the DPOY Mark Gasol. You're not getting that guy. Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, I don't think this was the D, uh, the Mark Gasol from two seasons ago that won it with Toronto, that could play a limited role. I don't think this is even Mark Gasol from last season. Um, mm-hmm. Largely, I think it has to do with fitness and diminishing uh, physical ability because he still has his brain intact. clearly uh he is still a, a high iq great passer for his size kind of big man uh, where he is going to suffer is in his ability to box out in his ability to grab those rebounds because remember the lakers had either javel mcgee or or dwight howard on the floor all the time last yeah. season almost all the time and both of them are pretty strong dwight howard is incredibly strong um, great rim protectors and your chief rebounders your primary rebounders they are the ones that give you the luxury to tell anthony davis you don't absolutely have to always clean the glass we've got others to do it kuzma did it even sometimes and and that kind of preserved anthony davis 
I don't think Gasol is that guy. Like he had 18 minutes against the Celtics, he got one rebound and all of that. Yeah, that's that's just not good at this level for a starting Lakers big man. That's just not good. So I think there you're definitely onto something. Complacency, I, it doesn't look like it, honestly. I think a lot of what we are seeing is just either people in a funk, bad run of few games, like KCP suddenly went cold over the last uh, couple of games or so. Um, but but lastly, I think it was just too many people, too many rotations. There were no set lineups. Like last season, if you remember, the Lakers had a starting five that they were absolutely sure about. And depending on who they were playing in the playoffs, and also to a large extent who they were playing in the regular season, they had their set three or four guys coming off the bench and everyone else was just relief minutes. Like Dudley would come on if it's a blowout, stuff like that. But but they largely had their eight or nine set. And within that, they knew the combinations. Like they knew if LeBron's not on the floor, um, then we've absolutely got to have this guy on the floor. Like say Caruso, who was trusted to be a primary ball and or Rondo in the playoffs. And, and they had all this figured out. I think with all of their pieces, the integration's taken longer than they expected to expected it to, as well as Marc Gasol not being the guy that they kind of um, brought in. I think it's it's largely a combination of that, nothing more. Anthony Davis, surprisingly rusty. Yeah. I think there's something there. It could be an injury. I don't know what it is. Um, he had he had a strong game against uh, the Celtics, but he doesn't yeah. quite look like himself. I don't yeah. think it's an effort problem. He, there's something there. Yeah, the aggression is missing, right? You yeah. knew Anthony Davis to be that guy who would go in aggressively, get those offensive rebounds and yeah. put it back in. But that that kind of aggression seems to be missing from what you saw in the bubble. His free throws off. Like, you don't see Anthony Davis off. missing free throws a lot, right? There's too many games this season where his free throw shooting's kind of kind of been a bit off. So, there's, there's definitely something going on there. Uh, and I don't think it's complacency. But let's, let's give it a few more games and, and see how it pans out. But... Yeah, that was my take on the Lakers overall. I think it was just a case of too many cooks spoiling mm-hmm. the broth. Just think, think about this, right? Uh, the Lakers played nine players against yeah. the Celtics. It mm-hmm. was a close game, sure. But they played nine players in rotations. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was, uh, there wasn't a playout, so, so there was no Jared Dudley. Quinn Cook hardly ever gets a look in. But Wes Matthews and Markeith Morris, mm-hmm. who could be starters even in the playoffs in their own right, didn't get a look in, like they didn't get a minute. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the depth of the Lakers. They run so deep that sometimes to restrict it to nine men and your preferred one or two rotations, mm-hmm. you've got to get players of this caliber to completely miss games. Um, Markeith Morris and, and Wes Matthews. And maybe uh, on another day, it could easily be Hart and Tucker missing missing a game where you need size and spacing and shooting. Right. Um, and then there's Markeith Morris who gets a look in. You need more perimeter defense, Wes Matthews gets a look in. I think... Um, the squad has to get used to the concept that there are going to be players that are not going to be guaranteed a game. It's going to happen that you'll come in once in a while as as a role player. Not every role player gets minutes every game. And it's kind of the problem that you have in the NFL too. When you've got too many receivers, when you've got too much talent in the receiving position, the quarterback's in a bit of a sticky spot because he'll have to justify each of them and he'll have to give each of them opportunities to get yards and uh, because they, they, it's linked to incentives and, and, and all of that stuff. I think the Lakers are going through a bit of that now. There's just too much depth there. And this is part of the growing pains that comes with that kind of squad. Right. And talking about depth, I want to talk about quickly talk about a team that is missing in depth right now due to the, all the injuries that they have. Yeah. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Right. Yes, Dame Lillard got that amazing winner against the Chicago Bulls. But uh, they seem to be a different team from what they started off, right? CJ McCollum is out now. 
Yeah. Nurkic is out now. That means Enes Kanter gets a lot of playing time. Gary Trent Jr. gets a lot of playing time. Rodney Hood, who's missed a lot of games, gets a lot of playing time. What do you think should be the expectations for Portland this season? Given all of these injuries, it's yet another season for them where they don't have their entire roster together, mm-hmm. and it's all up to Dame Lillard to do his thing. Yes, he will go out and do it his thing, but is it enough to even take them to the top four, top five position that we had kind of predicted at the start of the season? Ah, uh, no, and. and again this is a bit of a recurring theme with with a lot of teams we we had this last season and we're going through this this season how much can you ask of one guy because at some point like burnout is your best case scenario serious injury is your worst case scenario when yeah. when a player consistently plays 40 minutes plus and we, and it 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 always comes down to portland in portland it always comes down to this i remember in, even in the playoffs after mm-hmm. game 1 where they snatched a win against the lakers we were talking about just how many minutes cj and and dm lillard had to play out of those right. they played like 42 44 minutes in that game yep. and i said they they're not going to be able to do that over the length of a playoff series right. against a team where they're bound to get at least two wins at least right so i think unfortunately it has come down to that again now i like gary trent junior he's an amazing sharp shooter very happy that they found him in the bubble but he's not cj Yep. he's not a guy that can uh, borderline run the offense in in Lillard's absence somebody who can get his own shot who can rival Lillard in in scoring in a lot of games really cj he's not that and that's that's on top of the nokic injury that's on top of the collins injury um it's a lot it's it's, it's really a lot like right now portland have three of their preferred starting five yeah. out injured uh, i'm glad they found in a scanter i think he's mm-hmm. he, he gives them some much needed cushion there Uh, though i i understand they prefer nokic but it it just asks too much of dame lillard like if you look at the uh, take canter out of the equation on scoring which a lot of teams will be able to we've seen that in boston too mm-hmm. if you do that then this lineup really only has dame lillard that can score if gary trent junior doesn't get hot he's he's a streaky kind of scorer if he's not hot then then it's just going to be a bad night and and he's not going to get points on the board Covington 3 and D guy but he's not that dude anymore like he he'll get you 10 11 points at best on average and it's not yeah. going to be much higher than that so i'm afraid there's just too much load on on Damian Lillard if there's anyone in the league that can carry it it's him but this was a close game and that was a miraculous win that could have easily been an L True. all those points True. and an L and it's going to be in a lot of games as chicago what about a slightly tougher team it's going to yeah. result in a lot of L so So I think at this stage, the way their injuries are racking up, I think Portland are again looking at can we just somehow squeeze through into the playoffs, and it's probably a first round exit again. All right. So that was the Portland. It was. Uh, I mean, I wanted to talk about these two teams because they're having kind of different problems, right? One with too much depth, one without yeah. depth. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, just glad I'm glad that we touched upon them. But a lot of games to look forward to today. Uh, the Portland themselves take on Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to be a fun game. Right. And then the Lakers take on the Hawks, and then the Warriors take on the Celtics. So that's going to be fun, fun evening tonight for me and morning for you. So yeah, the Warriors Celtics is that. That's the game yeah. I'm looking forward to. It. It could. I'm just hoping all of the shooters get hot, and then it's 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 going to be one hell of a, a shooting. Uh, it's it's also going to be one more game of mm-hmm. at what point are we? Is at least one person going to dare to say maybe Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum this season? Because it's oh, getting I'm, dangerous. I'm bordering close. on the verge of that. I'm yeah. I'm bordering on the verge of saying that. Yeah, even been... even against the Lakers, though Tatum yeah. had slightly more points. Like he was he was one three pointer away from being the same as 
yeah. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has the has a much better efficiency stat line, has plus minuses on his side. It, it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. I know the skill. I know the things, the number of things that Jason Tatum can do. He's probably slightly still ahead of Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but output and production, it's getting dangerously close now. But it's a fun little battle to have. And, and between the, it's, it's kind of like when Stephen Clay started shooting lights out. Right. Uh, it was a fun internal rivalry um, to have. So I'm looking forward to that. Let's see. Yeah, it should be a fun game. Uh, we'll keep our eyes close. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on that. And then I will talk closed. to you tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'll keep our eyes open. And then I'll talk to you about these games tomorrow. Right. We got one for our blueprint. All right, man. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.